Welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. I'm your host, Corey Graham. Join us here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where the independent new authors come first. It's the true story of an encounter with God. It's the new book by Dr. Derusha Jenkins, titled, I Saw the Glory. I'm really happy that Derusha is joining me right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Derusha, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. This seems like a truly unique, significant story. Can you tell me about I Saw the Glory? Well, I have been a Christian now for probably over 40-something years, and my life has always been somewhat of a mystery. Mm -hmm. Things have happened to me that just wasn't, you know, explainable, but yet these things did happen, and this is one of those encounters with the supernatural power of Almighty God. And it was after an encounter, I actually had hemorrhaged and I wanted to die because I just thought it was that was it. And my daughter was in high school and she came to my, I would call it my deathbed, but it turned out not to be. She came and she said, Mommy, you can't die yet. She said, because my generation needs what you have. They need to hear about your life. She said, plus, I need to tell you something else. She said, I had a dream. I saw you on a little tiny podium, and there were hundreds and hundreds of kids like me, and they were all in there, you know, shouting, tell us the truth, tell us the truth. And she said, and I saw that little platform grow, and you begin to speak, and it became silent. And I thought, well, what does that have to do with, what is this? And she said, I'm to buy you a paint set. And I said, what? She said, I'm to buy you a paint set. I said, well, I don't paint. Huh. I mean, is there something I'm missing here? And she said, you'll understand. And she went out and she actually bought me a beginner's paint set. And sure enough, from that experience, I did make it through. They were able to get the right blood for me. And I'm still looking at that little paint set thinking, this makes no sense. Wow. One night, I just went and I sat down in a chair. And as I'm sitting there in the chair, suddenly it's like I became, I don't know, almost like I went into, I don't want to sound spooky or anything, but it's like I just, I was translated. That's the only way I can explain mm-hmm. it. It's like I went to sleep, but I wasn't there anymore. and. As a matter of fact, I woke up some hours later, and there was an image on the canvas. Wow. Did I paint it? (laughs) I don't know. I have no idea. All I know is I was in a beautiful place of peace. That's all I can tell you. And when I looked at the canvas, it scared the daylights out of me. And I was like, no, this isn't happening. Wow. And I said, no one will ever believe this. I don't even believe it, you know. Mm -hmm. And from that moment on, every night I would go to the same place 
in this room, sit down in front of a canvas. And sometimes I was awake and my hands were not my hands. Like I had an invisible force painting pictures and things that I could not explain. And this continued for about four and a half months. Ended up painting over 250 works of art. Wow. There were all kinds of images. And I'm thinking, I'm, I'm losing and I'm losing. And thank God for my mother, who is now in heaven. She was my inspiration. She kept telling me, you're not going crazy. Mm. Just allow the presence of God to continue to use you. And I said, but mom, this is the most freaky thing I've ever dealt with. <laughs> I said, I've had other freaky things, but this one is off the chart. Oh and so she said, you'll understand. But it was my daughter. She was the one that said to me, mommy, God has something very special for you to do. And you're going to be the proof. Now, why he chose me? I don't know. <laughs> Wow. I'll leave it there. Wow. A truly amazing experience. And Darusha, thank you for writing about it and looking to inspire and to help others through this. It's called I Saw the Glory by Dr. Darusha Jenkins. It's published by Covenant Books. You can find it everywhere you shop for books. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, traditional brick-and-mortar stores, too. Well, Darusha, Thanks again for coming by the show here. I had a wonderful time meeting you and finding out about your book and about that tremendous experience. Thank you so much for having me. Author Timothy Felton teaches and inspires children in his new book, Never, Life Lessons for Children. I'm talking with Timothy right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Timothy, thanks for being here with me tonight. Thanks for having me. Uh, can you tell me what you've written about here with Never, Life Lessons for Children? Yeah, Never is a children's book that was inspired by my granddaughters. One in particular, Kimani is the oldest granddaughter. She's actually 10 years old right now. Uh, and she's actually had, at the ages of two and three, actually to do certain things. And her favorite word would be never. Mm -hmm. So the book arrived from out of you know her saying never. So what I did was took the book and put it and point it in never, the word never, to where Kimani goes through a journey with her little sister, teaching her things about staying out of trouble, making sure, like I said, she's caring for her little sister. Uh, and in the book, like I said, a lot of things come about, like never planning rivers, never talking to strangers, or never playing with guns. So that's kind of where the book came about from, like I said, my granddaughter, Kimani, and her sister, Chloe. What were your granddaughters' reactions when they realized that they were going to be the characters in your book? Throughout the process, I started in 2019 in November. And, you know, throughout the whole process, you know, I would work with the publishers, work with the uh, illustrators. And so what I would do, I would send them certain clips from the book. And they were excited mm. just about <laughs> seeing their their face and their name in a publication. Well, I think it was super exciting for them. Mm. So working with the illustrations, they're so important in a children's book. What was that process like for you? For me, like you said, this is my second book. I had a, have a, another book that I published in 2016, but it didn't have any pictures or, you know, any illustrations within that book. So working with uh, illustrators, uh, just step by step, you know, they would send certain revisions to me. I would send them back to them. 
But it was exciting because you seen the whole project transform, you know, month by month, you know, and like I said, it took from November 2019 to it being published in uh, November of 2020. The experience was exciting, like I said, because I had never done a book with, uh, you know, illustrations. So it definitely was exciting. Mm. Like you said, it is a lot of hard work and it often takes a long time to do. So after doing all that hard work, after working for that long, what was the feeling like when you pulled that first book out and you actually held it in your hands after all that time? Even though it was the second book I had published, uh, the book was extremely exciting to see when I got them in the mail because, like I said, you have the illustrations, you have the colors throughout a children's book. And it also, like I said, by it being inspired by my grandchildren, that was probably the most exciting thing to be able to have something for them to look at, not only as children's, but, you know, throughout their whole life and say they was a part of. So, I mean, that was the most exciting thing for me with getting, you know, the first copy of it and being able to uh, give it to them. Yeah. Wow. That must have been so special for you. Yes. So what advice would you have now that you've been through this publishing thing a couple times? What would you say to authors who haven't done this yet, but they're looking to get into it? First and foremost, like I said, I work with probably four or five different people after, like I said, publishing a couple of books. And the first thing I tell them is that there's a book inside of everyone mm. and just begin to start to write their story. It's like I said, different genres of books, you know, that you can write. For me, it's more of, a, you know, the memoir, self-help, autobiographies, and children books. My passions are youth and sports, so I kind of combine those, you know, into the books that I write. Well, thank you for giving back yourself and using your experiences and your talents and your knowledge to help others. The book is called Never, Life Lessons for Children. It is written by Timothy Felton and published by Fulton Books. You can find it everywhere you shop for books at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, traditional brick-and-mortar stores as well. But Timothy, thank you again for coming by the show. I had a really nice time chatting. Thank you. I appreciate you for having me. Life is a journey of discovery, and author Crystal Williams guides readers on this journey in her new book, Beauty Beyond the Brush, Discovering Your True Identity. Crystal's right here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Crystal, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here with me tonight. Thank you, Corey, for having me. I'm so excited. Oh, can you tell me about your book, Beauty Beyond the Brush? It sounds very inspiring. Yes. So Beauty Beyond the Brush is really about letting go of the external attachments that we traditionally use to shape our identity. So things like our possessions, our careers, relationships, and it's also letting go of those internal things that could hinder us from being our most authentic self. So things like fear, doubt, low self-esteem, depression, and anxiety. And so once we do that, we're able to kind of transition with the end and start living from a place on the inside of us. And so for me, that's kind of synonymous with like living in the spirit. Mm. And that way we really become empowered to live purposeful and beautiful lives that manifest to God's glory. Great message. How did this book come about? How did the inspiration or the idea happen for it? Well, for me, it was just an accumulation of journal entries. And so I've always been an avid journaler. I started journaling in 2008. Mm. And so in 2011, I just really heard from the spirit, just like kind of prompting me to take 
everything that I had already started um, journaling and writing and start putting it in book form. So if you fast forward on from 2011 to 2017, I think I felt like I had enough to kind of put more into book form. And so it was really just the lessons that I have learned along my journey of discovering who I was really created to be in God and learning how to live my most authentic self and understanding my purpose. Is this the first time you've been published? Yes, it's my very first book that I've ever published. (laughs) How does it feel? How did it feel like when you got the first copy in your hands and you had it there for the first time? The feeling was so indescribable. Like I couldn't really believe it, but you know, it was just a testament of just my faith and trusting in God that this is what he was leading me to do and just watching it manifest. It was, it was an indescribable feeling. Hmm. Are you thinking of maybe putting another book together and getting more out there? Yes, I am. I already, I have a title in like the back of my mind of what I want it to be. And so again, it's a process. And so Every day I still journal, you know, the things that are important to me and what's on my heart and the different experiences that I experience every day. And so I feel like when the time is right, I'll have that prompting again to move forward with it. You've mentioned journaling a couple times now, and a lot of people do that. And I, I highly recommend it. I would think you would highly recommend it. What is it about journaling that can get your creativity and thoughts going? So for me, it's just a way to really be honest with myself about whatever it is I'm dealing with, how I feel in that moment, whether it's excitement about something that just happened or whether it's a doubt or a fear that I'm experiencing. So that's my opportunity to be completely honest with myself and with God and just to kind of work through those things that we find ourselves going through. You find it difficult to put that sort of honesty out there for the world and to expose yourself that way? I do not. I would say maybe years ago, I would have found it difficult, but I really believe with everything in me that this is what God was calling me to do. Hmm. And so I said, okay, God, if it's really from you, I'm going to trust you and not really worry about the judgment. Because I know a lot of times we fear being judged about things that we may go through. Like, how are people going to view us and what are they going to think? But, you know, if it has anything to do with progressing, I would say God's mission and what he wants people to hear to help them improve themselves, then I'm all for it. Again, the name of the book is Beauty Beyond the Brush, Discovering Your True Identity, written by Crystal Williams and published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find it everywhere you shop for your reading material on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, even at the bookstore down the street, too. Well, Crystal, thank you again for joining me tonight. I had a really nice time chatting with you and finding out about this great book. Thank you, Corey, for having me. I really appreciate it. Author John Horvat tells his compelling story in Escape from the Green Felt Jungle, and it's in stores now. I'm really happy that John is right here with me at the Reader House Author Roundtable. John, thank you for being here with me tonight. Um, thank you for calling. The Green Felt Jungle, first of all, can you give people a little frame of reference about what the Green Felt Jungle is referring to? Oh, I used to deal uh, 21 in Roulette, the old Las Vegas Hilton, and uh, the uh, tables of the Green Felt tabletops. Yeah, and the book tells how to how to escape from that kind of a job. Not that it was a good job, I mean, tip-wise, but I eventually got into real estate full-time, and that's what I really wanted to do. Hmm. So what inspired you to write your story and then release it to the world? 
Uh, I don't know. I guess I was just motivated. Uh, I was pretty heavy into positive thinking and that. Oh, still I am, but, you know, I just figured that it would be an interesting book and it might help people, you know. Hmm. And that was my main main reason for writing it. So is this uh, your first book? Have you written before this? No, this first first one, yeah. Oh, wow. Congratulations on having that first one on shelves. Uh, what's it feel like, like, when you get your first book and hold it in your hands? After working at it, you see it on your screen for so long. What's that feeling when you get that first book actually in your hands? Uh, I feel satisfying, uh, kind of relieved for all the time spent. Yeah, happy. Happy that I finally finished it. Now, being your first book, what sort of a process was the writing like for you? Was it an easy thing? Did it come to you easily, or was it more challenging? Very challenging. Hmm. What was the most challenging about it? Trying to put it in order, you know, chapter-wise, which I eventually got through, but being a first-time writer, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a bit awkward actually. Mm, yeah, I'm sure there's a lot to learn, and I don't think a lot of people know fully what they're getting into when they decide to write and publish a book. It's a, a lot of hard work. Yeah, it does really. Yeah, that's true. I agree. Yeah, contest your patience as well. About how long did it take you to write and then publish this? Oh, it's a process of years actually. Um, I just did it part-time, you know, so it took me probably a decade to do it. Mm. What words of advice would you give to other authors that want to get their first book out there? Be patient. Be patient and willing to do, you know, the research you need to do. You have to be positive. You have to have the desire, a strong desire to do it. And uh, that's what I would say mainly is you need the desire, strong desire. And once you have that, then you can go ahead. Absolutely. And just like in Napoleon Hill, the Think and Grow Rich, mm. everything starts with desire. Absolutely. You need to see that goal in your mind, and then you'll start working toward it. Correct. Correct. Can you think of maybe a, a person in your life that's been most influential or supportive of you in your writing? A friend of mine who helped me, uh, named Marjorie, um, was pretty influential on me for mm. writing. She was more experienced than me, and showed me quite a bit of things, how to do, you know, what to do and how to do it. I would say she was the most motivational factor that helped me along. Well, John, thank you again for talking with me today. The name of the book is Escape from the Greenfelt Jungle, again by John Horvat. It's published by Fulton Books. You can find it everywhere you buy books. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, traditional brick-and-mortar stores, too. Well, John, again, thanks for coming by the show. Had a really nice time finding out about the book and meeting you. Okay, likewise. Thank you. The tale of survival and redemption will inspire readers of the new book by D.T. Shanti titled Under the Radar, When Truth Hides in Plain Sight. Dee is sitting here right now with me at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Dee, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here with me today. Thank you, Corey. Thank you for having me. Well, Dee, you have quite an amazing story to tell about your life. You've done that in Under the Radar. Can you tell us about it? Well, uh, it is my memoir. Begins, you know, in my early childhood and moves through my first marriage and my, the birth of my daughter. And it's just a tale of uh, that's actually not terribly unique, unfortunately, of abuse and alcoholism and domestic violence and just how 
I navigated that journey and come out to be the woman that I am today. Wow. What helped you pull through it all? It's, it's quite a lot to deal with. <laughs> you know, I don't know, <laughs> uh, is the honest answer. Mm. I credit a lot of my healing to recovery. I am a mm. recovering alcoholic and have been in recovery for 26 years. Oh, that's great. Congratulations. Thank you. I, I got sober through the help of a 12-step program, and, and I do credit that quite a bit with the person that I am today and the healing that I've been able to do. Mm. And, you know, just focusing on uncovering the details that it's kind of the title of the book, Under the Radar, I was flying under the radar even to myself. And the psyche has a wonderful way of tucking things away that might be too difficult to deal with until you are strong enough to handle them. Mm. And that's how it worked for me. So that's kind of where the title comes from. Couldn't have been an easy book to write. What inspired you to put this all down on paper and to tell your story to the world? You know, I have probably thought for two decades that I would write my story. And I did start writing it, you know, probably two decades ago. Mm. But validation of my story has been a big healing for me and a big turning point in my life. Mm. I was told the majority of my time growing up that my, my truth was not real. My truth was, was not truth. Hmm. And therefore, I should not speak of it, not honor it, not validate it. I wasn't able to validate it within myself because nobody else validated it around me those folks that, you know, held power and held some level of reverence in my life. So writing this story, if it impacts and helps someone else out there, that is icing on the cake for me. The writing of it, the uncovering of all of as many of the memories as I could that I had buried and being able to put my life in some sort of linear structure has been the biggest validator for me to know that my story was real, my story was truthful, and it, and it does matter. Hmm. It's a way of giving myself that ultimate validation that was never given to me when I was younger. Hmm. Writing's got a great way of doing that. It can often help the writer to heal at the same time mm -hmm. that they're reaching out to help others with their story and their experiences. So what a wonderful thing you're doing here. You're in a unique position, you know, your first time publisher and fresh off that process. So what advice would you give to others who are looking to take that plunge as well? You know, one of the most valuable pieces of advice I got uh, in terms of writing, and it sounds very short and very trite, but just write. <laughs> mm -hmm. I was warned early on to let it flow and don't go back. I'm, I'm, I tend to be a bit of a perfectionist, so I, I like to go back and read what I wrote and then start to edit it and sentence structure and, oh, I should have put that differently. And that process can end up derailing the creative flow. So that was one of my most valuable suggestions. And also for me, I engaged a writing coach hmm. and that really helped me stay focused and keep moving, even though what I was writing was hard. Those are the, the couple of pieces of advice that I would give. It's great advice. Dee, thank you for telling your story to the world, looking to help others who may be experiencing the same kind of things that you have. The name of the book is Under the Radar, When Truth Hides in Plain Sight. It's by D.T. Shanti. It's published by Fulton Books. You can find it everywhere you shop for your books, on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, traditional brick-and-mortar stores as well. Well, Dee, thank you again for coming by the show. I had a really good time talking. Thank you, Corey. Thank you so much. and. 
appreciate the support and the and the questions. I'm happy to welcome author Craig C.D. Thomas to the Reader House Author Roundtable right now. His new children's book is out in stores now. It's called Story of St. Morris. Craig, thank you again for being here with me. It's a real pleasure to be talking with you. The pleasure is mine, Corey. Thank you for having me. Can you tell me about Story of St. Morris? St. Morris is a Roman emperor. Well, he wasn't an emperor. He was a Roman citizen of African descent who rose through the ranks of the military in, the, in the ancient Rome and rose to a high standing. And he was also a Christian. And a lot of people don't know that. Hmm. And he also became the patron saint of knights and chivalry. Hmm. So that, you know, just in these times of Afrocentricism, you know, and people having a voice right now, I thought it was important to put that out there for young children black and white and of all colors, uh, to uh, have some interest in a Christian from ancient days who was willing to sacrifice himself like our Lord and Savior did uh, for his Christian beliefs. Hmm. It is a, a great topic, and this is a great saint to bring up. He's not one of the saints you hear about all the time. Well, you know, I'm, I'm African-American, so that, I thought that was interesting. And, and like you said, there's not a lot of information about St. Morris. Hmm. And a lot of people don't know about it. So I thought it was important just to put that out there, you know, and just anything Christian or just believers, you know, Christian is a label. I don't know if <laughs> that, that's something appropriate or not, but, you know, we, we believe. Absolutely. So I, I thought it was important to put that out there, especially for young people. That's what I was going to say next. It's a children's book. Did you have a specific age range of children in mind? Being a grandfather, you know, my uh, grandchildren range from 1 to 11. So that sounds good for me. 1 to 11. But, you know, of course, all books are for people of all ages. Any, anybody who finds interest in it is, is fine. Absolutely. And, and as a parent myself, I really appreciate it when my child has a book that they love and then I get to read it to them. And I ended up loving it myself. So I love children's books like that that have something for everybody. So have you written before? I have. I've written a book called Jamo and the Giant, also a children's book. It's African fairy tale. It's not authentic. I made it up. You know, I, ma I made that one up for my children. I, I doodle and draw pictures and my kids were like, well, what is that, Pop? <laughs> I ended up putting it up together and on the fly and they were like, why don't you publish that? And I said, you know what? You're right. And I finally did. So you do the illustrations as well? I did. Wow. I did. Oh, fantastic. That's, that's a twice as much talent all in one package there. Well, in my head, Corey, thanks, man. <laughs> Everybody needs somebody to make them feel good. Man. Hey, no, absolutely. I'm really impressed. That's really great that you can take two places where you're passionate and that you have God-given talent and put those together and put something out there for the world. I think that's wonderful. Well, you're really ministering grace to the hearers, man. You're making me feel good. Uh, I appreciate <laughs> God bless. Oh, no, no problem. How long does it take you to write one of these and, and do the illustrations and then get it ready for print? What kind of a process is that? Well, I don't mean to be OCD, but I'm kind of perfectionist when it comes to that anyway. It probably doesn't take as long as it took me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the doodling and drawing, you know, I'm getting older, so I'm not as good as I once was. That's not the problem, is putting the story together in a cohesive manner. Mm. That one kind of, well, I, basically I drag my feet. You know, I, I can't mm. put it on anything, but it, it doesn't take very long, especially with a, a children's story. Mm. Once once you get the idea comes to you, you, draw a couple of pictures, you connect the dots. It's not very long. Mm. It's not very long. 
And what advice would you have for somebody? You know, you've done this several times yourself. So what advice would you give to somebody looking to do this for the very first time? And maybe they're not quite aware of exactly what they're getting into. The thing I would say is just follow through. I mean, we all have ideas and we have businesses or inventions or whatever it is, books, songs, whatever it is. Mm. Take the first step, take the next step. Don't get disheartened. I published myself, of course, you know, through Christian Faith Publishing. You know, it's, it's not cheap, but it's not overly expensive. It's reasonable. So I would just, again, I would just, anyone who wanted to get started, just take the first step, step by step, and walk it out. Mm. Again, the name of the book is Story of St. Morris. It's by Craig C.D. Thomas and published, like you said, by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find it everywhere that you shop for your reading material. You can get it at Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, on iTunes, traditional brick-and-mortar stores, everywhere. Oh, Craig, thanks again for joining me here tonight. I had a really nice time meeting you, finding out about the book, and finding out about St. Morris. God bless you for having me, brother. I appreciate you. Children will have a great time exploring the world of their favorite teachers in What Is It Like to Be a Teacher, Miss Jones? It's the new book that's out right now by Gloria Oliver. Gloria is joining me right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Gloria, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. It's nice to be here. Oh, it's very nice having you. Could you tell me what your book, What Is It Like to Be a Teacher, Miss Jones, is all about? So this book is about a group of kids who want to know what it's like to be a teacher and what teachers do to make the day a successful one. And throughout the story, their teacher, Miss Jones, explains the behind-the-scenes details of what they actually do. And she even explains how a teacher's role can be multifaceted. So the book answers most questions kids have about what a teacher's job entails. And it also highlights some values that teachers follow, including cooperation, compassion, and creativity. And very importantly, the story and illustrations emphasize diversity in both teachers and students. And the book is very interactive with questions that are directed to the reader or listener and provoke thought and discussion. And at the end of the story, there's a picture frame that says, draw a picture of your favorite teacher. Mm -hmm. So kids could actually have fun drawing a portrait of their teacher. And the book is also intended to motivate kids to really become passionate about learning and contributing to help create a successful learning environment by becoming a team player along with their peers and their teacher. Wow, sounds fantastic. You know, that makes me think back to when I was a kid and I was in school, and teachers were always very mysterious characters, and it's a wonderful idea for the book. How did that come about? What gave you the idea to write about this and then get it published? It was actually my students, because throughout my teaching career, my students were having all these questions about what I did as a teacher. They even had these questions about, where do teachers live? Do they live in school? (laughs) My mother told me that when she was growing up, a friend of hers, the little brother thought that teachers lived in a file cabinet. (laughs) (laughs) And and that came out on Mondays. So I actually incorporated that in the story because I thought it was such a typical thing that kids really, they they think about those things. And I remember growing up, you know, I had the questions about my own teachers and I thought maybe they had like a crystal ball that they could see me at every moment, keeping tabs on me. I mean, it's all these crazy things. And then they also view teachers godlike. They think Mm -hmm. that they have these superhuman powers and, you know, so all that kind of addressed in this book. 
Um, and again, my, my students were definitely an inspiration for writing this book. Mm. Yeah, and now that I'm retired, I had the time to do it because it's been in the back burner since 2003. But through all these years, it's got through many revisions in my mind. So, you know, as they say, like 10% inspiration, that 90% perspiration. Well, what advice would you have for authors out there who haven't published yet, but they want to finish their book and they want to put it out for the world? Do you have any words of wisdom? Yes, absolutely. Put down your ideas, even if you have to put it on the back burner. Write it down because you, th you think you're going to remember and you don't. You could come back to it years later. You'll always go back to it. You'll have many revisions. Just write them down and get it done. Get it published because it's very satisfying to do that, to finally see your book out there. And there's no such thing as, oh, uh, maybe my work isn't good enough for whatever. You keep working at it and you keep revising it and it'll come. It, it comes and, and it's very satisfying. Fantastic advice. So what's next? Are you thinking of maybe putting another book out there? Yep. I have another book that I did write, but I haven't had it published yet. It's about a boy. It's actually called Walking to School, and it's about a boy's thoughts as a student. What his thoughts are on his way to school, it's the typical thing that kids think about mm. on their way to school. So it's, it's a simple book, but it's very, it's kind of whimsical because it's, this boy has a test. And they were telling him to study his mom. Oh, did you study, you know, the night before? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And on his way to school, he's thinking about all the things he should have done and didn't do. And as he's getting closer to school, he's sort of sweating it out, you know. So, it's, <laughs> yeah, it goes along those paths. Uh, well, we're looking forward to seeing that. And, Gloria, thank you for being here. Again, the name of the book is What Is It Like to Be a Teacher, Miss Jones? written by Gloria Oliver, published by Fulton Books. You can find it everywhere that you get your reading material at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, traditional brick-and-mortar stores, too. And Gloria, thanks again for coming on the show. I had a really nice time talking. Thank you. I did, too. Thank you so much for having me on your show. As a parent... I'd love to learn the steps in the next book we're talking about here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. It's called Seven Steps to Raising Amazing Children. The author, Charles Smith, is right here with me now. Charles, thank you for being here with me tonight. Thank you for having me, Corey. Now, tell me all about your book, Seven Steps to Raising Amazing Children. I have some things I want to learn here. Well, listen, it's, um, I have four daughters myself, and... I learned some things on the way from my mom. So what this book does is it helps to empower parents so they can inspire their children to have success. I like to think of it as a business at the house. Mm. You know, most of us have businesses that we work in and, and a lot of time without even trying, we'll neglect the business at the house. This book is to encourage people to take some steps to take care of the most important business that we have, which is our children's at the house. And that's how this came about, hmm. with seven steps to raising amazing children. Did you have a specific group of readers in mind for this? Would this be better for parents who are about to start a family, parents who already have children? What do you think? Well, it's for those that have parents, those who are about to have parents, it's for coaches who are dealing with our children 
who are their parents in a sense. It is for grandparents who want to do a better job with their grandchildren. These seven steps are designed to help any child to become more inspired to succeed in life. And that's why there's such a broad range. Obviously, if you are a parent raising children, this book would be ideal. But if you are a grandparent and you have a major part in raising your grandchildren, this book would be absolutely wonderful for them as well. Yeah, sounds like a great resource. What's your writing background like? Have you written before? This, I, ha I have several books that I've written. This is the first one that I've had published. I've been in the insurance over 40 years. So this is, this was something that I've done at, you know, my spare time. And I just wanted to go ahead and get this one out there. I have children's books that's coming as well. Wow. But this one is deep to my heart. Mm. I wanted to make a difference in the children's lives. And I understand I can't do that unless I make a difference in the parents' lives. And these steps will make a difference for the parents. It will empower the parents so they'll be able to even more so inspire their children. Hmm. It's not to take away from what they're doing, but it's to add to what they're doing. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we know we just need some guidance or some encouragement, some things that we already know what to do, but kind of been put on the back burner. And this book would bring these out and just help the children for the rest of their life. What was it like being published for the first time? I'm, I'm sure you learned a lot along the way. I learned a lot, Corey. First of <laughs> all, and uh, you know, and dealing with Fulton was a great experience for me for a first-time author. Oh, great. But the whole idea of getting your work out there to make a difference in people's lives it's first start as a dream of yours and then to have a book in your hand and see now this book can make a difference in the people's lives that you intended it to make a difference in their lives. So it's been a great experience to get this first one out. So I'm so excited now about the ones to follow. Mm -hmm. But this one, your, your, your first baby is always a special baby, if I can say that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I've heard a lot of authors say that that first book that is published, when you hold it in your hands, it's like holding a baby it for the first is, time. That is absolutely the truth. <laughs> and I, it's, it's like, you did it. Mm. But the reviews have been fantastic so far, been amazing. People are saying they wished I had written it 40 years ago. They're blaming me for all the mistakes that they've made because this <laughs> book should have been out. Where were you then? <laughs> <laughs> yes. But it has uh, it has made a difference. I mean, I'm telling you, and I am so excited. Oh, congratulations on having such a positive impact and having the first one out there. If you had one piece of advice that you could give to authors who want to write their first book, want to publish their first book, but haven't taken that step yet, what would you tell them? I would say you have to birth the baby. You have to birth the book. Mm -hmm. So I know how you feel because you hadn't done it before, but select the best company possible to ha have walked you through. And in, in my case, this was Fulton Books. 
and I did good. I did a lot of research, but I wanted someone to guide me along the way. And I would say to them, you're not alone. You have a lot of help. Mm. All of this is new to us. So it's so important to get with someone that you feel like that's going to help you along the way. Wise words indeed, Charles. Thanks again. The name of the book is Seven Steps to Raising Amazing Children. It was written by Charles Smith and published by Fulton Books. You can find it everywhere you shop for your books on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, traditional brick-and-mortar stores, too. Well, Charles, thank you again for chatting with me here tonight. I had a wonderful time. Thanks again for stopping by the show. Thank you, Corey. Have an awesome night, man. I know I love birthday parties. The Birthday Ball is the new children's book by Barb Taylor that I know I'm going to love. Barb is right here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you for joining me tonight, Barb. Thank you for having me. Can you tell me about your book, The Birthday Ball? It's a book that's devoted to younger kids, I would say between five and nine. It's a book about friendship and about celebrating birthdays because it's important to celebrate, commemorate those events in your life. But it's also really important to know what you have to do to keep friends. So this is one of those little lessons. Hmm. Oh, sounds wonderful. How did the idea for this come about? The idea for the book actually came from a made-up story that I made for my son. He was about eight, and he asked me to make up a story, and I started the old familiar Rumpelstiltskin, and he said, (laughs) no, 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 Mom, why don't you make up a story? So I just ran with the story about a dolphin and an octopus being friends. It took quite a few years for it to actually come to life as a book, but it was always sitting in the back of my mind as something I wanted to do. Was there something in particular that inspired you then to say, hey, I've been working on this, let's get it published? Well, back about 2012, I took the initiative and wrote it all out. And it was, instead of a little kid's book, it was actually like a little kid's novel. I like doing poetry, so I rewrote it into a poetry format. And I went onto a website and created four books, one for each of my children and one for myself. And like I said, I used that for a Christmas gift for each one of them. But with 2020 rolling around and with COVID coming on, I just felt like I knew I was going to need something else in 2020 to keep me motivated and keep me going. Mm. And so I submitted the book and it was accepted. And I was very excited about all of that. Yeah, congratulations. Is this the first book you've had out? Yes, sir, it is. Oh, wow. Wow. How did it feel? So when you got the first copy, it came in the mail and you opened it up, you held it in your hands. What was that feeling like? It was like nothing I've ever felt before. (laughs) I I had to look at it several times, realized it was really real in my Mm. hands, and I kept looking at the name on the cover as if it really wasn't mine, but it was. (laughs) So do you have advice now for other people who are looking to embark on this journey of writing a book and getting it published? I would say don't give up. Start your dream and go from there. I pursued a dream, although it took me quite a few years to actually put it into fruition. I want to say that I had my priorities aligned. If it was going to happen, I wanted to do it at the right time without interfering with anyone else's life or disrupting someone else's life. Hmm. And my children are very important to me. So I really wanted to be there for them. And although I, I never knew that this would be something that I would get done, it was just a really great, great surprise and something that fruitful that came out of 2020 pandemic. Hmm. Something that's pretty unique to children's books is the illustrations. 
And they're almost as important as the story itself, because you're connecting visually with the children at the same time. So what was it like working with an illustrator and getting the pictures to be in line with your story? That was very fun. The people that I worked with were great. They asked questions about what was I looking for in my characters? How did I want them portrayed? What did I want them wearing? Mm -hmm. And I just ran with the idea that these were characters and they were sea characters, but at the same time, they were little kids' characters. Mm -hmm. So I wanted them to still promote the idea of safety in the water. So I was like, well, of course, they have to have life jackets on. And, you know, of course, I really would want the character, the main character is Ozzy. And I had a, a definite way I wanted him to look. And they, they just nailed it. They nailed it so perfectly. I did have a little bit of concern about another character called Aster, but he um, came out okay. His, his eyes were kind of questionable at first. I didn't know at first if he was going to be a Martian or if he was going to be an octopus, but we got that straightened out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it sounds like you did have a really good time. Are you thinking of maybe doing this again, getting another book out there? I do have something in writing. And I kind of wanted to get a, a little feel of what this process is like before I started uh, actually finalizing the next one. Mm. So I do have one written. It doesn't have any illustrations with it yet. So we'll, we'll go from there. I'm pretty excited. That is great to hear. We're looking forward to it. The name of the book, again, is The Birthday Ball. It's written by Barb Taylor and published by Fulton Books. You can find it everywhere you shop for books on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, even your bookstore down the street. Barb, thanks again for coming on the show. I had a really nice time meeting you and finding out about the birthday ball. Thank you. Have a great day. I'd like to welcome author Anthony McMarion to the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you for chatting with me tonight, Anthony. Uh, I appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity to be able to share. How Long the Night is your new book. It's out there right now. Can you tell me what it's about? It's about crying grieving and mourning over the loss of someone that's important to you, that matters to you. And how long were you working on this? I worked on this book a little over a month and a half, maybe two months. And what was that writing process like for you? Was it an easy thing to write about? It really wasn't. I had just buried my grandmother, someone who's like a mother to me. Mm, I'm sorry. I came back in and actually I was about to release another book. And God spoke to me and had me to write this particular book. It was very difficult to write, but I knew that if God was leading me to write it, that was a purpose for it. And what kinds of message do you have through all this pain and through your story? The message is that in the midst of everything that, that you go through, that God is a healer, that God will walk you through it, that he will be there for you, that he will never leave you nor forsake you no matter what you're going through. A lot of times we don't understand what's happening to us and why we're losing loved ones. But even in losing loved ones, God has a purpose for it. It's to bring about something within us that at times we don't see, and at times it'd be something that we'll need later on in our lives. Hmm. You said you were working on another book whenever the inspiration for this one hit you. So ha have you been published before? I have two other books that I've published I'm very proud of. But this particular book here really hit home most because I wrote it in the midst of while I was grieving, crying, and mourning. So it came out of that particular place. What advice would you have for authors who are looking to tell their story, looking to publish their first book? I would tell those authors, keep writing. Keep writing to reach is what I do. I write to reach people. 
keep telling your story because your story is important and your story matters. There's somebody out there, there's an audience, there's a group of people all over the world who are waiting to hear your story because you matter. Was there a particular group of readers that you were looking to reach with this? Did you have a target audience in mind? The target audience was, I, I had no idea what's so unique about this particular book, How Long the Night, was I had no idea when I wrote it in November that we will be hit with a pandemic come in January. Mm. And so that was was so unique about it is because I had no idea. So the book would take a person who's suffering through that and walk them through that to help them get to where God is leading them. Has marketing the book been a challenge now that things are so different in the world? No, not really, because the book really connects with audiences. They connect with people because everybody out here now is suffering, crying, grieving, mourning over someone that they lost or something that's going on in their life. So it's a very relevant book. It's something that reaches individuals from any and every walk of life. Now, looking ahead, are you working on something new to write? Anything that you're thinking of publishing? Yes. I'm always in a creative mode, <laughs> and I thank God for giving me that ability. Mm. Some other things that I know that is going to reach audiences all over the world. It's just amazing to be able to be in the flow with God and to be able to write things that are relevant, that happen in the moment. A lot of times I write about things that happen before they happen, mm. and I'm just excited about my next work. Well, we're excited to see you more out there on store shelves. This book is... How Long the Night by Anthony McMarion. It's published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find it everywhere you shop for books on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and iTunes, also traditional brick and mortar stores. Anthony, thanks again for stopping by the show here tonight. I had a really nice time chatting with you. Thank you very much, sir, and I appreciate the opportunity. We hope you enjoyed this edition of the Reader House Author Roundtable where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. We hope to see you back here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where independent new authors come first. 